You are listening to a sermon preached at the First Christian Church of St. Ignatius in St. Ignatius, Montana. For more information, you can visit us at www.firstchristiansti.org. Good morning. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to be in your house. Thank you for this time to be gathered with fellow believers. Thank you for this time to worship and to praise you. Lord, I ask that in the coming moments, in the words spoken, in the scripture read, read, in the message given, that it is yours and not mine. Lord, guide us. Keep us. Thank you. Amen. So, a couple months ago when John asked me to cover for him, uh, he had just started into the study of Job. And when he said, hey, will you cover for me that Sunday? I said, sure, I can do that. And I knew immediately that I would not be preaching out of Job because, uh, well, I just can't compete with what John's getting out of it, and I wouldn't want to take anything away from that. So, uh, so here we are. Uh, that led me to spending a lot of time in prayer, saying, okay, God, what am I going to stand up there and preach that Sunday? What, uh, what message do you have for me? And you know, it's a funny thing. He answered me. He said, I have a message for you. In fact, I command you to give this message. But he said, I don't just command you to give this message. I command every believer and follower of me to give this message. So, today, we're going to look at God's message. We're going to look at what we refer to as the Great Commission. And not just what the Great Commission is, but what that looks like from us. Please turn to Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to read verses 16 through 20. I'm going to wait until the rustling stops. My wife says I always rush, so we'll wait. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus started, Jesus started by telling his disciples that all authority 
all authority had been given to him on heaven and on earth. He says, listen, guys, the buck stops here. All authority is mine. And because of that statement, then what came next gave them no choice but to listen and follow his instructions. Think about that. All authority. Not go check with your supervisor, go check with the other guy down the street, not go ask somebody else. All authority is mine. Then he says to them, Go to all nations. All nations, not just the Jews. He sent them out before, but it was just to the Jews. It was just to the chosen people. This time he says, no, go to all nations. Again, he has all authority. There is no, are you sure you want me to go talk to those people over there? They don't, they don't come to church with us. They don't already believe what we believe. They, they struggle with some of the things they're supposed to do right. They don't want to hear what we have to say. Do I have to go talk to... Yes, you have to go talk to them. I have all authority, and I command you to go to all nations. And what's he supposed to do when he gets there? When they get there and they talk to all nations? They are to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Those with all authority. It's not Paul's baptism, right? Paul touches on that later. It's not Paul's baptism. It's not Peter's baptism. They're baptized in the name of the Father. They're baptized in the name of Jesus. They're baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit. They're baptized into the Trinity, God, because they have all authority. But he's not done yet. The job isn't done yet. Sunday school class, my Sunday school class, we talked about this today. We got here today. It's not go to the church rally. It's not go to summer camp. It's not go to the CIY event. It's not go to have a great big happy feeling and get baptized. You go make sure they get baptized at that event and your job is done. That's not what he said. He said, baptize them into me. And then teach them to obey every command I have given you. Now think about that. He spent years teaching them parables and what things truly meant. The Sermon on the Mount takes ideas that we had in our head and just blows them apart. It goes so far beyond what we just want to see in the black and white. He says, go and teach them those things and teach them to obey those things and to obey my commands. And what is he doing right now? He's giving them a command, right? He's commanding them to go out into all nations, to baptize, to teach, and to teach them to, to obey the commands, which means that command became ours when we made a decision for him. In that moment when he said, teach them to obey my every command, this became ours. He wasn't just talking to the disciples. He was talking to each and every 
one of us. And then he says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. They would receive the Holy Spirit. He would tell them to wait for a time, right? And they would receive the Holy Spirit. And when they received the Holy Spirit, He was with them always. He is with us always. Mark, if you want to turn to Mark chapter 16. Again, we'll pick up in 15. And we'll read through 20. Now, before I, read, before I get into this, when he gave me this message, and I was writing it down and thinking about it and planning it out, I got to Mark, because I, I knew that I couldn't just give one part of the Great Commission. I had to give the whole thing, right? And when I read this here in a minute, you'll probably be able to figure it out real quick. There was a part, big part of me that wanted to go, I, let's just... You know, we'll, we'll skip Mark. There's some parts in Mark that I don't really want to have to stand up front and explain. I don't want to have to... Ah, let's just skip that part, God. Let's just... We'll move on. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> he, uh, he said we're going to go over it. So, here we go. Mark, starting in 15. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Here's the part. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Okay, so first he tells them, it's just, you know, Mark's recording is just slightly different. He says, preach the good news to all creation. Again, not just those that come to church on Sunday morning. Not just those that we're familiar with. Preach it to everyone. And then we got to talk about what the good news is. What's he talking about? What's he referring to? What good news? The good news we have to share is this, that Christ came down to earth and dwelled among us, that He ministered to us and taught us, that He set an example and a way for us. But that wasn't enough. Then, being sinless and blameless, the good news is this, that He took our sins upon Himself. That he was led to the cross and died, not for what he had done, but for what we had done. And when death had taken him and he was laid in the tomb, he revealed his true power 
and conquered death and made a way for us to do the same. And we get to share that good news that Christ has made a way for us to share in eternity with God. Let that sink in for a minute. We get to share that good news. We did nothing to deserve it. We did nothing to earn it. But we get to share it because we have received it. And he says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. You must believe. The act of baptism doesn't save on its own. Jacoby taught in my high school boys class today, and he stole my line, but I'm going to use it anyways. If you don't believe, if you don't truly believe and make a decision for God, all you're doing is getting wet. All you're doing is taking a bath. He says so right here. But whoever does not believe will be Condemned. Belief is everything. And how can we share the good news with others if we don't first believe? Now the hard part. He talks about the signs that will accompany those he's sending out. In Acts... In Acts, there's the story about Paul who goes and gathers the firewood, and they light up the firewood, and the viper comes out and bites him, right? And he shakes it off, and the villagers there, they're waiting for him to die. I mean, that's what happens when you get bit by a snake like that. But he doesn't. The signs that would accompany him. Again, uh, earlier in Acts, Peter, Peter heals the beggar at the temple just by telling him to be healed. So we look at those and we go, okay, so what about us? What about us? Where are the signs that accompany us? We need to understand that just because I don't get to shake the snake off doesn't mean that he never protects me in that way. Think about it. Anybody ever been in a hurry to get somewhere? You're racing around. you got to be there. You come up to a red light, and it drives you crazy that you're stuck at this red light, right? Because that's time ticking away from where you're supposed to be. And everything in you, as soon as that flash is green, is going to hit that gas pedal, and you're going to go. you got somewhere to be. But God's got somewhere for you to be, too. And he's with you, and he's taking care of you. Just because it's not stakes that we deal with doesn't mean he won't act. You see, that light turns green, and for whatever reason, you don't slam your foot pedal down on the gas. You hesitate. And in that hesitation, this car blows through the red light going the other way. 
Just because you didn't shake off a snake doesn't mean that God doesn't act. And he accompany us when we go. You ever had somebody come to you and they're dealing with something horrible, tragic? Or they're stuck dealing with sin. And they come to you and they say, John, help me with this. And they lay it all out for you. And you go, in your head you go, that's way bigger than me. I got nothing. There isn't a word for me to say that'll help there. Yet you speak anyways. And the words you speak and the advice you give and the way you help them, that's not of you. That's of God. That's because He is with us always. Just because the way He accompanies us doesn't look like the things listed here doesn't mean he's not still accompanying us. And the best part about that is this. Because he's with us, because we have the Holy Spirit. That when we spread the good news, when we speak it, when we share it with others... He proves it, not us. He may use us. He may work in us, but he proves it, not us. So what does that look like? What does that look like in our lives when we go out and share the Great Commission. In Acts 1, verses 7 and 8, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by His own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are to be his witness. What does it mean to be a witness? When you hear the word witness, what's the first thing you think of? You think of the person that sits up front next to the judge that gets interviewed. And they tell what they saw happen. And they tell what they know to be true. And everything about that witness... is called in to question. Think about that. When you sit in the stand next to the judge and say you saw what happened, people want to know that they can trust you. People want to know that they can believe what you're saying. People want to know who you are. So, 
How do we witness? How do we witness? The Bible is filled with examples of how we are to witness. If I went through all of them today, I'd drive you crazy. You'd get bored. So we'll go through just a few. Matthew, and I'm going to go through them fairly quick, so if you can't get to the page, it's okay. Sorry, we're going to start in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 3.15 But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. How do we witness? We are prepared. We are prepared to give the defense and we do it with gentleness and and respect. My high school boys Sunday school class gets the privilege several different times throughout the year to actually teach the class. They each get a subject or they get to pick a subject and they have to stand up front and teach the class. And the point behind that is they need to be prepared. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter how prepared you think you are. You have to get prepared. You have to study. You have to take it in. And you need to be able to share it when it's appropriate. And it's always appropriate. How you share it is just as important as being prepared. That gentleness and respect. Does it mean we shouldn't be firm? No. No. That lesson I learned from my dad. He could be extremely, extremely firm. But it didn't mean he didn't treat me with respect. And it didn't mean he wasn't gentle in that firmness. Matthew 5.16 In the same way, let your light shine before others so that, the, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So how do we witness? We witness by our works. What we do, the fruit that we bear, shows Him, not us. My works aren't for my glory. Your works aren't for your glory. They're for His. When we act, when we move, when we accomplish something, it should lead, it should point, it should direct to Him, not us. Romans 10, 17 so faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. How do we witness? We have to hear it and know it first. How can we share the good news? How can we help somebody else find their way to faith? How can we help plant a seed, water the seed, 
so that he can gain the harvest. How can we do those things if we do not first hear it? And what we hear must be the word of God. John 13, 35. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. All men will know who we serve. All men will know who we belong to by how we love one another. Now, I will say this, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be a member of the church that I'm a member of here in this small community because we do a pretty good job of that. But the truth is, the church as a whole We haven't figured this out yet. We argue and we hurt each other over some of the most petty things. And yet we want to stand on the street corners. We want to walk out into public and we want to say, follow God. That's what we do. They will know who we serve. By how we love one another. That's our witness. How we treat one another. How we respect one another. How we build and encourage one another. How we follow the commands and the examples given of Christ in this book that we have sitting on our laps right now. How we live that out is how they know. God has given us this message. It is our job to go to all nations, spread the good news of Christ's death and resurrection so that we can have eternity. By our witness... We are to teach and guide and baptize true believers. And then we are to prepare them to go and do the same. Pray with me. God, you are an awesome God. And why you would choose us to be your messengers? Someday I hope to look you in the eye and have you explain. Lord, I pray that we would take this seriously. That we would go out and that we would proclaim you boldly that we would share the good news 
of your son's sacrifice and the eternity that that leads to for us. That we would go and not stop there. But teach them to grow. And teach them to know every command you have given us. And that we ourselves would follow and obey every command that you have given us. Lord, I pray that if there are those sitting here today that had not heard that message. That it would plant a seed. And they would want to know more. I pray that if there are those sitting here today who have heard it before but not given it much thought. That it would be watered. And they would seek you like they seek the sun to grow. Lord, I pray that if there are those here that have had the seed planted and been watered. That they would choose today to let you reap the harvest. And they would, they would come to know you. For those of us who have already done that, Lord, I pray that today is a reminder. That you have given us a command. And I pray that we would be faithful. To obey it. In Jesus name. Amen. In just a moment.